Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your Avodah Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantav table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Welcome to this podcast on Shavuos, 10 Reasons for Greenery on Shavuos. And my goal here is not just to give you 10 reasons. I want you to really understand where this custom came from, Shulchan Aruch, and different ideas, what it means, and how it could impact your Shavuos. Really just thinking about, okay, who cares about some greenery? Okay, but it it has significance, and it's important, and I want to be able to cover that. Um, A lot of the material that I got was started from a good friend of mine, Rabbi Yehuda Spitz at Ar Sameach. There's a Rosh Chabur there, an amazing person. And there's a great um, article by Rav Gedalia Oberlander um, in Kovetz Ola Yisrael, which also covers a lot of this. So I'm going to divide this into two parts. The first one is more of a lumdish shear. So if you want, you could just kind of skip, and I'll try to make an indication when it's the second part. But it's just on the lumdus of uh, whether you're allowed to uh, put greenery in the shul or not, based on Chukos HaGayim, which is the big topic. Um, and the second is the is the ten reasons that I found throughout different mafarshim and some of those articles and some of my own, um, which I think are just really important and really interesting about this and and shed a lot of light about shavuos and our avodah on shavuos. Okay, so part one is chukos agayim. So in parshas acharemos, we know we're told uchukosayim lo selechu, and the Rambam, Tor, and Shulchan Aruch say that this means that certain types of dress, haircuts, and even building styles are not allowed. Tosfos and avodah zara yidalaf amanalaf is a game changer here. And he basically says there are two types of customs that we're not allowed to follow. That is idolatrous ones, which are obvious. All the Rishonim agree with that. And those that are nonsensical, meaning think there are certain things that even though they make no sense, the fact is the guy do it. Therefore, we're not allowed to copy it. Most of the Rishonim don't agree with a nonsensical one. And they think that that's uh, not something that we have to not do. For example, you know, guy do a lot of nonsensical things. That doesn't mean that we uh, can't do whatever we want to do. And just because they do something nonsensical and we have a reason to do it doesn't mean that we should stop doing it. And so that is really where the crux of this comment um, that we have about um, the gra stopping uh, the use of greenery in shuls and that it being a problem with Hukosagayim comes in. And we're going to get to that in more detail. So the Ramah um, explicitly says that he follows the, the Ron and the Marik who say that it's only if it's idolatrous that you're not allowed to do it. And that's in Yardea 178. Um, and the gra comes along and says that, you know, since Hugos Agayim, Agayim uh, put greenery in their shul, therefore we should not do it. And there's a debate about what, what the gra means and also um, what that applies to, whether um, it, it would apply to grass, trees, or flowers, or some of them or all of them. Okay, so we'll get there. Okay, so the um, the Marsham says that Hugos Agayim um, only applies if you're copying exactly what they do. But since trees are placed outside and inside of their churches or places of worship, and we only do it inside the shul, so he says there's no problem at all, and he's not worried about the the, uh, the gra. And again, the bottom line is that everyone should follow their own minhag. Um, and there's a big debate as to whether he was, the gra only s- might ap- imply that he's only referring to trees. And Mishabura says that explicitly, that, that, that he was only opposed to putting the trees in the shul because chugos agayim. Um, however, the Archa Shulchan said that it meant everything, any type of plant adornment, not just trees. So it's it's not so simple. Uh, a lot of the Yekis, <clears throat> as well as some Hasidish communities, um, do have a minag um, of putting everything in their in their uh, shul, um, including trees. Other ones um, only put flowers and grass, but they follow the Mishabura and just 
um, out of respect for the for the gra, they don't put um, trees itself. Other gedolim, including the Chazanish, Stipler, Rishon Mazalman, Rabbi Yashiv, uh, Rabbi Yaakov Fisher, Zerona Lebracha, um, anybody Lachaim, Rav Chaim Kanievsky, they all say that the Vilna Gon was only against trees and not grass. They follow the Mishabura, and that certainly is a is a valid opinion. Um, Ramosha Feinstein, um, interestingly. It's actually brought down in his name that he recalled that in uh, back in Russia, when they used to put trees up in some of the shuls, a lot of the uh, Talmudim of Velazhin Yeshiva, who Velazhin was started by Rechaim Velazhin, Talmud of the Gra, <clears throat> they would rip down the trees and pull it away, and then other people would put them back. Um, but he understands that the Gra actually prohibited everything. Rav Hankin uh, followed the Aruch HaShulchan, who was his Rebbe, who he had smicha from, and he held that nothing was allowed. And in fact, in the famous Luach that, that uh, Ezra's Torah puts out based on Rav Hankin, they don't even mention anything about trees. And Ravad Yosef and a lot of other Sephardi posts did support the idea of putting trees up um, or grass and other things uh, and plants and flowers as well. So there's certainly what to rely on both ways. But one of the most compelling arguments that I saw was brought down from a Yashiv Zatzal that said that, listen, in Eretz Yisrael, the non-Jews are predominantly uh, Muslims and they do not use... Um, any trees or grass um, in in their uh, place of worship by policy. And so therefore, we certainly uh, do not have to be machmer in Eretz Yisrael because it's no longer, even if you agree with Agra, it's no longer Chugas Agayim because they just don't do it. Okay, so that's the lumdish part about what Chugas Agayim is and is this a problem, is it not? Now let's talk about 10 reasons to do it. If you, Whether or not you adorn your shul with plants, trees, um, or flowers, here's 10 lessons you can learn about Shavuos, which is very, very interesting. Remember, this, this Ramah that tells us to do it is in Hilchah Shavuos, Arachayim 494.3, and he says, V'noag and lishtoch asavim b'shavuos, b'beis ha-knesses, and there's a custom to put uh, greenery in the, on Shavuos in the beis ha-knesses, v'abatim, and in the houses, so we do both, zeicher l'simchas matan Torah, which is interesting, he mentions, it's a memory, it's to commemorate the happiness of matan Torah, okay? So there's a lot of different Interpretation. So let's start with number one, the lavush. He says that the pasuk tells us that the cattle and sheep were not and sheep were not allowed to graze in the area. So that implies that there was grass there. And so as a zecher from Matan Torah, we put the grass there. So what's what's the lesson behind that? I, I believe that an interpretation would be that the second before Hashem came down on Har Sinai, it had no holiness. Second Hashem left, it once again had no holiness. The only time that they were prohibited, the animals. From being there, it was at the time that Hashem was there. The Torah is showing us that the holiness is because of Hashem. Hashem is what gives us the, the holiness of the Torah and as a nation because, because he, his presence is there. And that's, that's the most important focus that we want to have. And I believe that's an important, um, one might say rationalistic, but an important lesson behind it. The Kedusha comes because we invite Hashem in. That's what it's all about. Maril says that we use fragrant grasses and flowers because the Pasuk and Shirashirim says Lachiv Karugas Habosem, and that the Gemara and Shabbos Peiches also talks about these this phenomenal fragrance that filled up the world uh, when Hashem gave the, the Torah, um, and so that's what it is. So according to that, we should use uh, fragrant things, which many plants do have good smells. And again, I believe that the lesson here is twofold. First of all, that it's a melody of our senses, which the Torah had Kolos and Brachim and um, evoked a lot of our feelings and emotions, and the Torah has to get, get very, very deep inside us and evoke a lot of our feelings and emotions. And it also corresponds to the idea uh, that the Torah brings a pleasant smell to the world, and it, it uplifts the world in a spiritual way, and we should know that. Number three, the B'nai Yisachar says 
says that Kishoshan Aben Achochem, Klal is compared to a rose in between thorns. And when we said Nasa Venishma, that we would take it, uh, we would take the Torah, we want it, and we'll follow it, we'll do it. Um, we save the world from being destroyed. And so therefore, to symbolize the Zaman Matan Torah, uh, as the Medrash explains, that just like the thorn threatens to destroy the rose, uh, but ultimately does not, and the rose could blossom, so too when Klai Yisrael said Nasa Venishma, they saved the world from being destroyed. So Again, this lesson is very obvious that we're remembering the Nasa Venishma part, and this would also hint to the fact that roses should be the preferred uh, greenery that's used. Uh, Targum Shani and Esther is actually a source for this, and it's even more interesting because the source is Haman, that Haman told Ahasuerus that the Jews do really strange things. They spread and gather apples and flowers on the roofs of their shuls on Shavuos. And so again, this, this would date this custom back much further than than is probably even um, assumed, but um, the point is that um, Klal Yisrael do things because of their excitement for Kabbalah Satora. Magen Avram is number five, so he basically says very simply: the Gemara Rosh Hashanah says that Paris Elam the fruit tree tr- trees are being judged at this time of year, Rosh Hashanah sixteen a, and uh, therefore, uh, since they're being judged, he says very clearly that we want to put them in the tree in the ha- in the uh, houses and in the shul so that we can see them and daven. So it's trying to teach us the daven. There's another remez, which is Adam Eitz HaSadah, that man is a tree, and then like the Shla writes, that we're being judged for our ruchnias on Shavuos. So this is a time when we really want to um, daven that Hashem should allow our Paris Elan, our, our, our own Torah study to become fruitful. Number six is the Minchas Elazar of Munkach. So he says that Az Yiranu Atzeyar, the, um, the Zohar says that this refers specifically uh, to the um, Matan Torah. And like I've stated before, there is some overlap between these, but it is a separate Pusik. But here's what's very interesting about this idea. And that is that um, Matan Torah was supposed to be an emotional, physical, spiritual experience because Torah involves the entire body. And so this idea that the the, uh, the, the forest rejoice before Hashem is, is referring to Matan Torah is also an important thing because it's telling us that everything we do, we have to involve our entire body in our service of Hashem, and the Torah is supposed to impact us. It's it's a chol basara marpe. It, it heals us, but it's only because the Torah has to involve our entire body. We have to sweat for it. We have to give. We have to do. We have to. We have to it has to have an impact on us, and that impact is the kolos and brachim of Har Sinai and the fragrant smells, like we spoke about, and all the emotions and all the all the reactivity. And that's why there's a story, and there's two versions of a story, but basically that one year. The Gabbai forgot to set up the uh, tree in the shul in the Chassam Sofer's base medrash. And the Chassam Sofer was very mocked about this, and he was very upset. And there's two versions of a story, which I hope the second one is, is, is the more correct one. Some people say that the Gabbai did not live out his year. And other people say that his house burned down. So at least, you know, Shafa Hamasol ate some Vavanim. But whatever it is, Chassam Sofer was very mocked on this. Now, I'm not Hashem saying that Chassam Sofer caused anyone to die or anything like that. But the point is that this, this was a very, very uh, meaningful thing. Moving on to uh, reason number seven. The Medrash Talpio says a very interesting thing, which is that there's a, um, the Alshech in Parshas Vayetze says that, the Pasuk says that uh, Reuven went out and he found Dudaim, Bimei Ketzir Chitim. And there's a shot that the Alshech says that this refers to Erev Shavuos. And um, once again, it was a fragrant flower, a fertility drug. Right? We know the Ramban says that. We've talked about that before. Um and so, so 
Leah conceived Yitzchak, the greatest Talmud Chacham of Ashvatim, the leader on Shavuos night. And uh, and so that's what we're celebrating. That's Man Ma'an Torah Senu. So just an interesting idea. Um, there is another shot brought down uh, by the number eight, by the Sfas Emes from Chidush Rim, that Moshe Rabbeinu was born on the seventh of Adar and he was hidden at home for three months. Um, and he was hidden in reeds, a type of grass, by the riverbank. And in fact, the the um, Rabbeinu Bachaya in that pasuk explains that she couldn't hide him anymore because it was Shavuos and he was shining so brightly. And so it hints to Moshe Rabbeinu, and uh, that's why that's why she wasn't able to contain him because he was excited about Kabbalah Satorah. There's a reason number nine from the Bnei Sachar that the Medrash Rabbah explains that there is a connection between Shavuos and Bikurim, and the Bnei Sachar uh, expounds on that and says that Asev, which means grass, Ayin Shin Beis, is actually Rashi Tevas for Atzeres, Shavuos, and Bikurim. So once again, there's a hint there. And what's the, what's the lesson there? The lesson is that we need to be Makar Tov for everything we have. That Torah goes to people that are Makar Tov. They're, they're, Chazal tell us that Moshe wouldn't do the first of the two Makos, Dominus of Ardea, so he didn't want to hit the Nile because it saved him. He didn't want to hit the earth because it helped him cover up his uh, the Egyptian man that he uh, that he killed to defend the Jew. And so there's Akar Zatov. The, 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 the nation has started and the Geula has started. Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Rabbeinu Shalom, I can't, you know, Hashem tells him that you can't do this, bring this maka because it's Akar Zatov. And Moshe understood that and everyone understood that. And Aaron had to carry it out. So this idea of Akar Zatov is one of the foundations of a Torah, a person that has that is grateful to Hashem. Like the Chobos Halavos explains, he'll start to serve Hashem even more. Finally, the last explanation, number 10, uh, which I believe... I haven't seen this anywhere else, so perhaps it's my idea. Chazal tell us that there's no blade of grass that doesn't have a malach on top of it that hits it and tells it to grow. And this is a Medrash Rabbah that's trying to explain Hashkachas Hashem, but Hashem washes over everything. Uh, yes, it's explaining it al um the way that the palace works, so to speak, is that Hashem appoints ministering angels over everything. But the point is that Hashem, there's a hashkacha on every single thing that takes place. And like the Baal Shem Tov taught us that even a leaf doesn't fall from a tree without Hashem knowing and wanting it to fall so that it could cover up a worm that's on the floor. So there's exact providence, but there's something even deeper there. And that is, wait a minute, why why is the uh, blade of grass being hit? <laughs> and why can't the Malach just tell it to grow? But the answer is that in life, Chachmascha, the Medrash Kohelas Rabbah that the Rambam made famous, that the wisdom that I learned through the wrath of those who were teaching it to me, that's what stood for me. And part of Shavuos and Kabbalah Satora is recognizing, why do we lean Rus? Yes, so Chazal tell us one shot, which is that it's a, a scroll of Chesed. So it's Chesed, there's kindness there, which is what the Torah is all about, <laughs> nourishing us. Somebody of the Mepharshim might explain that. But there's another shot that the Yalkut, Shimoni says, which is, it's to teach us the Messias Nefesh of Rus. And she was a gare and she was Moser Nefesh. She gave up everything. She'll never be able to get married. Who's going to want to marry her? Amoni Vlomavi. There wasn't a drusha. It was very hard for her to get married. So, but she gave it up. She converted. And uh, she was told by Nami, her mother in law, that the Haodli Banim you're never going to get married. But nevertheless, she said, I don't care. She was Moser Nefesh for Torah. She was willing to convert and know that she'll never get married and know that she'll never become anything and never know that she'll in in, in in a marital status know that she'll she might never have kids and know that she'll live in abject poverty and have to collect tzedakah but yet she did it 
And of course, she became the mother of royalty, <laughs> of the greatest. Ovid, David, Shlomo. She lived to see Shlomo sit on the on the throne, like Gemara tells us. And so it's the Mesiris Nefesh that it's all about. And that's why the Asev is hit. The grass is hit, because that's what makes it grow. And that's what the Rebbe Shalom was teaching us, that Shivtachal Mishantachal Hemein Achamuni. Rebbe Shalom sometimes hits us. Life has nisyonos, but if we stay strong to the Rebbe Shalom, it develops us into the best people that we could be. And when we stay strong to our beliefs and to the Torah, and we stay dedicated, the Torah takes care of us, despite the challenges and everything that goes on in our life. Like Rav Shach said, So many challenges in his own personal life that he said, if not for the Torah, he would have gone crazy and lost his mind. And that's what it's all about. The Torah is what keeps us strong. So these Pshatim all revolve around all different types of beautiful Pshatim and ideas, whether it's grass or roses or fragrant or trees, etc. As we go through Shavuos, the main thing is that we should be able to live these lessons, to be able to live the beauty of Torah, to be able to make Torah a part of our life and our focus, and to be able to take these lessons with us to recognize that Torah takes effort, and the Rebona Shalom sometimes hits us, but that's what makes us grow, it turns us into the greatest people. And when you're makabal that, then we should be zochet to what the Avos Rav Nassim says, that which Rechaim brings down in Nevesh Chaim, the great Rechaim Velazhen, or that someone who's makabal Torah, Hashem removes from him all the other oles, all the other burdens of tsaras, challenges, and Hashem should only bless us with health, happiness, and success, and a year filled with Torah and growth, Yerushalayim, and only good things. Thanks for joining us. For more Torah content, and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at ParshaThemes.com.